Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, September 14th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. And joining me is Tim Ma Fucking Gettys. Bless him, host Bless. How are you doing? Tim, let me tell you, man. This Please last do. weekend, mm-hmm. oh, was a great weekend. You were there last night. We did the, mm-hmm. we did the PAX panel. We we try to figure out who's the most famous games industry personality we can get to our Zoom call. And let me tell you, man, that panel delivered. It did. It went places, man. It was such a blast to be a part of. I love that it was it was a tight hour. And it, yeah. I, I like how it started off. I don't want to say slow, but it started off where it was just like, oh, this isn't going to look like we're going to get anybody. But by the end of it, oh, my Dude, God. I, I didn't even think about it until the panel was finished. But like the amount of of like the mix, the mixture between big games industry personalities over there, like Jeff Keighley, uh, uh, and pretty much like all the people we know, right? Greg Miller, obviously, but then like Rahul Coley and, and, and folks from Funhouse, and then people who I didn't realize were famous but were there, like Danny Fernandez from Record Ralph 2, who I, I've known of Danny Fernandez, right? But it didn't really hit me that Danny Fernandez w- was in that uh call, yeah. uh, Echo Kellum from Arrow, uh, Sam Richardson from veep like folks who i didn't even know who sam richardson was and so people yeah. were texting me like yo sam richardson is there and i'm like wait really and, and, and yeah like dude the the amount of folks that were in that zoom call incredible. shannon woodward dude shannon woodward dina like, from, from from last of us Corey barlog let's go like, hell yeah man yeah no nah, it yeah, was man. it was uh it was something special of course we had the homies hunter pence showed up cisco showed up xavier cisco. woods dude yeah, it was just it was a good time man crazy crazy time and i think we'll probably have the vod of that up someday on kind yes. of funny is the we're plan. gonna put that up as a as a we have cool friends episode not this week but hopefully next week yes whenever whenever basically whenever pax gets us the vod we'll be able to put that up yeah um tim i'd love to continue talking all about this but it's a jam-packed news day because today's stories include a uh, playstation 5 showcase incoming oculus quest 2 leaking and more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about if you're watching live and correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. To be a part of the show at the patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show. Housekeeping, PSLW XOXO is getting kicked to Wednesday because we're reacting live to the PlayStation 5 showcase. Uh, Our post show will be a special episode of PSLW XOXO, breaking down our thoughts on everything we just saw. Uh, So that's happening on Wednesday. And then Thursday, we got some RTX panels going on. RTX at home, of course, is happening. Uh, We're doing a kind of funny panel at noon Pacific time. Uh, And then afterwards, at 3 p.m. Pacific time, uh, I'm going to be on a journalism panel with folks from Inside Gaming. uh, And what other? Oh, What's Good Gaming? What's Good Good Games? And then Easy Allies are going to be there. And so uh, you can catch both of those happening on roosteeth.com this Thursday. Real quick, I do want to say that uh, the KF panel is going to be the KF podcast for this week. And it's going to be a real special experience. For the first time ever, it is going to be pretty much all of us from Kind of Funny on one call. Now oh, that, yeah. like, our table at the studio isn't big enough to handle all of that. Oh, but God, now via it. this, oh yeah, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fantastic. So tune in for that. Even Thank you cool to our Greg? Patreon producers. I, oh, yeah, I might try cool to get Greg Cool Greg to make, no, Cool Greg's not on it, but he might make an appearance. Mm. Tune in for that. That's going to be awesome. Uh, Thank you to our Patreon producers, Tom Bach, Muhammad Muhammad, and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Quip, Upstart, and DoorDash, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> it's time for some news. We have seven stories today. A jam-packed day starting with our number one, Tim. Mm-hmm. What can we expect from Wednesday's PlayStation 5 showcase? That's right. It's happening. We're pro- finally probably going to get the price and release Dude. date. Yeah, that's funny you say that. Finally, probably. It's like, probably. we're going to. We're going to. But can you imagine if we did it? Like, can you People, imagine if they do this whole thing and they still don't talk about price release date? It's going to happen. Oh yeah. I, 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 imagine, happen. I imagine that uh, it's going to, they're going to announce price, they're going to announce release date, and they're going to announce pre-order date. Very similar to what Xbox did last week. But I think the difference is 
they're also going to come with some bangers. I think that they're going to going to come with some game announcements that are really going to be something special, something exciting. I don't think it might be necessarily something imminent, but I think on the imminent side, we we will learn what the launch lineup looks like. We'll get some confirmation on Miles Morales, which at this point I assume is a launch title. Um, and I think you that you got to assume it's a launch title. If you like, never Clank, know what happens. Exactly. If Russian Clank is this year, I think we'll get a release date. I still think it's more of an early 2021 title. Uh, but where are you at with this bless? Dude, so here's the thing, right? We got we got a lot of questions in Patreon.com since kind of funny games about this PlayStation 5 showcase, about what we can expect, about what people think might be there. I even put out a tweet this morning asking people what they expect because uh, to get into some of the details, Adam Bankhurst at IGN wrote this. Sony has announced that, play, that a PlayStation 5 showcase will broadcast live on Wednesday, September 16, 2020 at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Announced on the PlayStation blog, this showcase will feature updates on the latest titles from Worldwide Studios and our world-class development partners. And so you get details right there about what we can expect. Sounds very similar to what we got in June. It's not specifically mentioned, but one could assume that we'll also find out the price and release date of both the PS5 and PS5 Digital Edition, which I'm with you, Tim. We have to get that. If we don't get that, the internet is going to is going to rage on levels mm-hmm. that I, I I don't think we're ready for, um, and I think PlayStation knows that. I don't think they'll do an event without knowing that and announcing that. Uh, and then we get quote: "Our next digital showcase will weigh in at around forty minutes and feature updates on on the latest titles from Worldwide Studios and our world class development partners." Forty minutes is the thing I want to key in there because forty minutes is a lot of time that yeah, you can fill in with, that you can fill in with quite a few things. Mm-hmm. And for me, when you when you when you tell me that a PlayStation 5 showcase is happening this week, right, for 40 minutes, that sounds like, along with details about, uh, like, release date and price, right? That's probably going to be a, a, a few minutes worth of information. We're probably going to get a breakdown on UI. You know, that's very expected. Features of the console. Of course, mm-hmm. we know about what the DualSense can do. We know about uh, the SSD and, and 4K and ray tracing and all that stuff. They've been repeating these things for the last year and a half. Uh, I expect we'll get more of a deep dive into what the user experience on the PS5 will be. But then I'll, <clears throat> I also expect gameplay breakdowns. We haven't got, we've gotten more gameplay out of Ratchet and Clank than we've gotten out of Spider-Man Miles Morales. And Spider-Man yeah. Miles Morales, as far as we understand, is coming out sooner than Ratchet mm-hmm. and Clank Rift Apart. And so there's definitely got to be a breakdown on that. Uh, and then from, from there, it's kind of up in the air, right? Like Bugsnax gameplay, probably like jet the far shore probably the 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 indie games that they announced during that ps5 showcase we got in june maybe we'll see some gameplay breakdowns of those but then it's like all right do we get demon souls like what's the word on that do we get more more timing on that do we get more timing like a release window for horizon zero dawn or is that a thing that they wait for a lot can happen Dude, we're in a whole new world at this point when it comes to to marketing of these consoles and of these vast libraries that the the different publishers have because everything that we're traditionally used to of the video game hype cycle is now blown up. Like it is no longer okay, there's E3. Then it turned into okay, there's E3 and game awards. Now it has just turned into anything can happen at any time. And when you look at the strategy, when you add COVID to all of this, but you also just add the fact that this gen jump is unlike anything we've ever seen before uh, oh, yeah. in terms of how it's been going down on both sides, Sony and Microsoft. When we look at how much Sony announced at their last show, and you're right, this being another 40 plus minute showcase of this thing, we get we expect this to be a lot more focused on launch stuff. But I do think that there's going to be a focus on, yeah, but here's why you want to choose this and invest in this platform long term as well. So it's it's going to be about short term and long term and mid term, right? But it's difficult to talk about all this stuff knowing that you're going to have to talk about stuff again. And and what I mean by that is do you talk about Horizon's release date here or do you wait for that because that could be its own event at some other time. That that could be uh, a next year announcement because we know it's coming. We don't really need to know exactly when because it's not going to be anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't think it benefits them to talk about Horizon more right now. Remind people it's happening, sure. But we don't need to know, oh, it's coming fall next year. Because, in my opinion, that's only news that could potentially be bad in the future. Where it gets delayed or something happens. And that could be its own event in 2021. You can't announce everything right now and then just coast. 
Yeah, and this is actually a thing I talked about a little bit. Uh, I was on Jeff Grubb's podcast, Games Beat Decides, uh, this last Friday, and this was one of the stories that came up. And we started talking about the cadence of Sony announcements and and, uh, Sony announcements going up to release. And this last generation, they did the thing where they announced games far out in advance, right? And, like, later on, like, we're just getting Ghost of Tsushima. We got uh, The Last of Us Part Two way later on, right? Like, they had these long tales for their announcements, hyping those games up into release. And a thing that, I forget if it was Jeff or Imran who said this, because both, both of them were on the podcast. And uh, one of them mentioned that, like, yeah, that didn't really do, like, that wasn't bad for sales. Like, those games sold well and so why not do that again and to what you're saying right about like what's the best way to talk about these games knowing that we're going to talk about them again there's not if if horizon zero or if horizon forbidden west for example is coming out next fall it's not really a reason to talk about horizon horizon forbidden west because you can just talk about that in the spring or in the summer or you can just talk about that when, when that's coming close the yeah. thing that the thing that's going to sell the playstation 5 in my opinion is the promise of what to look forward to for the future miles morales is going to sell people for sure but also what's going to sell people is demon souls and ratchet and clank and horizon and pretty much the, the whole catalog as opposed to any one individual game and so with all that being said i don't think it'd be totally out the realm of possibility for them to announce god of war 2 here me neither like, do, do some kind of teaser for it i think it's 50 50 because why not we know it's happening we know that game is going to exist so what to you and jeff's point about uh the strategy they employed this season or this season, this uh, generation, it's like, yeah, like there are certain games. I always talk about this. It's the unicorn games. Some games need to be announced and released within three months. And I think that the majority of games are best suited for that type of launch strategy. When we're talking about these big dog Avengers level events, God of War 2 comes to mind. Mm -hmm. We know it's coming. Like just... I'm down for them to announce it. Just confirm it because that's going to drum up the hype. That's going to drum up the the marketing that PlayStation's looking for here. And then we all just know this thing is being worked on and we can wait for actual blowouts and gameplay debuts and all that stuff at a later time. Just officially knowing the thing that we all know is coming is coming is to me exciting news. And that also allows the conversation to shift over to some of these smaller titles. Uh, some more exciting like, hey, it's announced now coming out within three months games that we were looking forward to instead of every time we go into one of these things being like, are they going to announce God of War 2? Yeah. When I, so when I put out the question on Twitter, right, of what do people expect to see at this showcase, quite a few people responded, uh, like Roger Bercorny and Emmett Watkins Jr. saying uh, details on how PS Plus could change, right? Or like a PS, PS Now revamp into PS Plus, which if they're going to do it, I think now would be the time, unless it's yep. something that they're planning post-console launch, which... You know, if they're going to do it, they should do it by console launch because that would make the most sense, right? Get people yeah, hyped totally. up, especially with what Xbox is doing on their side. So I think that makes sense. Uh, quite a few people mentioned Final Fantasy 16 because that's been a thing that's been rumored. It's been rumored. And, you know, uh, if I had to bet, I would say there's a 15% chance of Final Fantasy 16 being at this event. Uh, it definitely could happen. I just think that this is one of those rumors that... Uh, people are talking about the, the people talking about it more than they're actually talking about any anything substantiated, mm-hmm. right? So w- we'll see. I'd be excited about that. Like pretty much, Square could do a lot of different things because when we're talking about these unicorn games, Square are the king of them, right? Announcing something way too early and us having to wait for it. And it's been a while since they've announced anything new. Like this is by far now the longest we've ever went without them announcing a new core Final Fantasy title. Like now the the rumor. I remember seeing was that the game was supposed to be announced. Final Fantasy 16 was supposed to be announced in June at that PlayStation event, but got kicked for, for whatever reason. What makes me curious is, all right, we have Final Fantasy seven, right? As something that's acting as a core Final Fantasy title that we know and love. Mm-hmm. Could Final Fantasy 16 be something that is akin to Final Fantasy 14 or something that is different from your traditional single player Final Fantasy where like it is like some kind of some sort of like either multiplayer thing or I know Final Fantasy 15 had their multiplayer modes that they put in that game that I I didn't play much of it so I don't know if that was an experimental thing or them playing around with certain concepts but you know does does that sound like something like a case that can happen in terms of Final Fantasy 16 as being a weird title for Final Fantasy I find that very unlikely, specifically due to the success and um, ongoing updates that Final Fantasy XIV has. There's not really a reason to blow that up because that is still working so well. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And in addition to that, I, I, I imagine that Final Fantasy 16 is going to be a bit more in the vein of a Final Fantasy 12. Uh, or like one of the more fantasy-based ones, Final Fantasy IX, somewhere oh, between yeah. nine and twelve uh, is what I, I, I'm guessing. That's not necessarily what I want, uh, but I do. I think Square's going to announce something or show something at this at this PlayStation event. Uh, they d- had Project Athia. Yeah, the I was going to say there was one. Project Athia. Yeah, which I don't think we're going to see more of it this one, but. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw uh, Final Fantasy 16 or Final Fantasy 7 Remake Part 2 teased in, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, those are both things that I would be extremely excited about. Now, looking at them uh, as what they are, which is Final Fantasy 7 Part 2, you assume a timed exclusive, Final Fantasy 16, highly unlikely it's going to be an exclusive given the track record of the last couple of games. So it being here... Definitely kind of gets the mind share of association of Final Fantasy 16 and PlayStation, but it isn't the kind of end all be all gut punch that I think this show kind of needs, right? Mm. Like Final or Resident Evil 8 being at the PlayStation event last year or like a couple months ago, <laughs> feels like a year ago. Feels like last year. It's like that was a, a thing of association and like that was a good play, but that game's not exclusive. It has the exclusive PSVR mode, and you can talk about that, and that's exciting. But I think that we're so close now. We're talking about pre-orders. This event right now is to get people to pre-order this and be excited about it and be upset when they can't get one this holiday season. Dapper Steven with a PH writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. just like you can and says, hey there, Blessing and Tim. I'm sure that the inbox is filled with questions about the PS5 event that is set for Wednesday, and I'm sure they're all very good questions. However, I can't I can guarantee you that none of them are the right question. Will PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale 2 be there? Thanks for all you do and everyone keep being better to each other. Dapper Steven with a PH. Dapper Steven, no. I'll tell you right now, it's not going to be there. It won't be there. I'd love it I'd love for it to be there, but it it, it won't be there. I'm it sorry. It won't be there. I it I still have faith that we will see another one of those at some point in the future. I don't think now is the time though. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Especially for if you're in the mode of wanting to hype up the console. Not saying mm-hmm. that PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale won't get people hype, but I feel like that's a different type of hype. That's a hype for like the PlayStation, uh, like the the PlayStation fans, right? The PlayStation like elite, the people who are really tuned in. I feel like that's something that you hold. That's something yeah. that you announce in a state of play or something. That's not something you you announce leading up to selling your next console. What about Silent think? Hill though, Bless? What do you think? Oh, that'd be a really good one. There have been the rumors. At this point, I'm starting to lose faith in the rumors. See, I feel like that's the, something you would have revealed end. in June. I'm on the other end of that where I believe the Silent Hill ones, and I think that it's just a matter of time. Whereas the Final Fantasy 16, obviously Final Fantasy 16 is going to happen at some point. But yeah. uh, the rumors of it being associated with this, I'm a little bit more hesitant on. Uh, at some point, we're going to get Silent Hill. And I think that a big reason we didn't see it last time is we had Resident Evil 8. And I don't think that they'd want to have both of those in the same show. Yeah, no, I, I that would definitely make sense. Uh, I'm looking through the replies more to see if there's anything I'm missing. Some people were, were saying Silent Hill. Um, Seth Macy came through with an interesting interesting take saying, uh, part of me thinks they won't give dates and prices. I think they need to continue building hype around features and put a little bit more time between the announcements and Xboxes. I still believe it's a five, $599 console, so hype building is crucial. And that's, of course, like the idea that coming off of Xbox announcing their prices and the Xbox Series S being such a great price for a next-gen console, right? Like if you come out and announce that $500 or $600, what does that do for excitement? Which, I don't know, I feel like you either shit or get off the pot at this point. Like I think PlayStation needs to come out and say it. I, I agree, because I think that we're we're running out of time for pre-order dates. Like I, I feel like the most important thing for Sony to do at this point is to beat the pre-order date of Xbox. Yeah. Like no matter what the console costs, whether it's five hundred or six hundred dollars, which at this point I am fifty fifty torn between the two, and I don't think that six hundred dollars is going to ruin PlayStation. Like I, I keep saying this, but you can't raise prices on consoles after the fact. You can always do a price drop, and I think six dollars is a, a lot of freaking money. But yeah, they but know what gonna, they have it's here. Going to sell out. Like, either way, you, even out. if it's six hundred, it's going to sell. It's going to be a bad marketing beat, but. It is, it is going to sell out at launch. Like that is the, yeah. that is the thing that we got to keep in mind when it comes to how they're approaching this. I do think 
my prediction right now is 500 400 500 for the disc console and and 400 for the discless console mm-hmm. uh mainly because I, I believe the rumors earlier in the year were that like manufacturing these things netted out as at around 470 475 and 500 allows you to make that little bit off of each console and then 400 for the discless version comes with the idea that oh yeah everybody buying this is going to buy buy their games digital which is going to make up for that lost cost on hardware and so I, I think that balances things out in a nice way and allows you to kind of have parity, you know, with PS5 launching at the same price as Series S or Series X and then uh, the discless version, not necessarily being $300 like the Xbox Series S, but still coming with the promise of, hey, yeah, no, it's going to be powerful. It's going to be what you want. But if you're the kind of person that doesn't really buy physical games, you know, you can get this. And also we can encourage people to go digital because that's mm-hmm. going to make us more money uh, in the long run. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. I I hope that they announce the pre-order dates are like next week, so we can just be done with this. Yeah, I can know that I have one secured, <laughs> and rest easy, because <laughs> that's the biggest stress at this point is getting your hands on one of these pre-orders if you're in the market and interested and able to do so. Tim, speaking of next generation technology, story number two: Oculus Quest Two has been leaked. This is from Joe Scrubbles at IGN. Uh, Oculus Quest 2 has leaked, revealing a new look, higher quality display, 6 gigabytes of RAM, 256 gigabytes of storage, and more. The Facebook Blueprint website currently lists the Quest 2 alongside a three-minute introductory video. Another trailer has been removed, but has been rehosted on YouTube. Those videos reveal a number of features of the upgraded all-in-one VR headset. Coming in a white color scheme, the headset features a new display with over 50% higher pixel density density, uh, than Quest and almost 2K resolution per eye. It's smaller and lighter than the original, and the controllers have been given a tweak to improve ergonomics. As for the internals, the Quest 2 features a Qualcomm Snapdragon XR2 processor, (laughs) 6 gigabytes of RAM, and up to 256 gigabytes of storage, potentially making for a a far smoother experience than the original headset. It can still be connected to a PC using Oculus Link in order to play higher-powered games. Tim, first of all, did you see the images images of this? It looks sleek. It does. It looks real nice. I mean, hey. Shout out to the Quest just as a unit itself. Like this thing is, in my opinion, the actual promise of VR realized where it just works. You just put it on. You don't need the wires. It's just there. You're in it and it's good enough. And that always has to be the thing when it comes to to pieces of tech is good enough that it actually just works and does the thing you need it to. And uh, Quest 2 sounds fantastic. All of these stats all sound like great updates to me. 50% higher pixel density. Love it. That color scheme. Hell yeah, baby. Dude, like this thing is gonna run smooth. I'm actually kind of surprised by this leak. And maybe this is just this is just because I've not been paying attention uh to Oculus and what they've been doing. But if you asked me, I would have been like, oh yeah, you there's no need for an Oculus Quest 2 right now. Like I'm Oculus, right there Quest, with you. Oculus Quest One works great. Like it is what it needs to be. I've never had any issues with performance, and I think part of that is the fact that Oculus Quest kind of functions as its own thing. And so like developers have to develop for it, which means the game's going to be optimized for it. And yeah, like I've not had slowdown. It's, it's especially compared to other headsets I've used. Um, I guess that would mainly be PSVR and like my mobile phone uh, as like a VR headset. Like that thing works smoothly. And so the idea of it, one, getting uh, uh, 50% uh, higher pixel density uh, and then also like, being an overall smoother experience, that sounds incredible. Like that sounds like it's going to be a, a great time. And also them saying it's going to be lighter and smaller. That blows my mind in a way where I'm like, how does like technology how? advance? So fa- <laughs> like, how is it going to be more powerful and then smaller? Uh, yeah. That's why. Also like with how it is now, it's like, I never was like, oh man, it's too big. Yeah, exactly. Like it's never, it's never been too heavy on my head. Like it's already a great experience. And so uh, this is exciting. The one thing I'll say is that it sounds like, yeah, it's still going. It's still going to be its own. Uh, it's still going to have its own library. It's still going to be sectioned off from Oculus Rift, Oculus proper, uh, and you're still going to have to use Oculus Link, which isn't like the end of the world because, I mean, like that's not necessarily a big deal. But uh, I would have expected that from Oculus Quest Two for some mm-hmm. reason, right? Especially if they're going to make it more powerful. Um, I would have expected for it to play more of those games. But I understand that. Yeah, if you're going to make it smaller, you probably can't make it as powerful as something that is tethered to your pc and mm-hmm. so double-edged sword i guess 
still speaking of next te- next gen technology story number no three way. the xbox series s will play the xbox one s version of backward compatible titles this is a story that we kind of uh got toward the end of friday's camp gd uh, i now have a whole article here that i can read from from rebecca valentine at gamesindustry.biz the Xbox Series S, like the Xbox Series X, will be able to play games from the previous console generation, but some of them may not look as good on the Xbox Series S as they do on the X. In a statement to GamesView, a Microsoft spokesperson confirmed that Xbox Series S would run the Xbox One S version of backwards compatible titles, leaving out any possible Xbox One X enhancements. Quote, Xbox Series S was designed to be the most affordable next-generation console and play next-generation games at 1440p at 60fps to deliver the highest quality backwards-compatible experience consistent with the developer's original intent. The Xbox Series S runs the Xbox One S version of backward-compatible games while applying improved texture filtering, higher and more consistent frame rates, faster load times, and auto HDR, end quote. Specifically, this refers to current generation titles that received enhancements for the Xbox One X, but are not going to be not going to be receiving any upgrades for the Xbox Series X and S. So, for example, Forza Horizon 4 and Gears 5 have already been announced as receiving next gen enhancements and will get those on the Xbox Series S as well. However, games such as Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which received Xbox One X enhancements, will not see those enhancements if played on the Xbox Series S unless Ubisoft later announces a next-gen upgrade for the game, though it'll still get some improvements to texture filtering, frame rates, and load times. Tim, did you understand all of that? Totally. Here's the thing. This is not difficult to understand. (laughs) It all comes down to a simple sentence. Do you care about 4K? That's it. It's 4K texture packs. The Enhance for X program that they've had for the last couple of years is if you play a backwards compatible game on the Xbox One X, it is enhanced, which typically means 4K texture packs and all that stuff. I love it. I am a huge fan of this. I've talked about this forever that I am so impressed with what they've been able to do for things like Gears and Forza. But on top of that, things like Sonic Generations. It's yeah. awesome going oh back God. to old games and having them look better and play better than they used to. Like that's awesome. And that to me is why the Xbox ecosystem and all the enhancements they've made over the last generation are so fantastic because it all works together so well. It's not just that it has backwards compatibility all the way back to the original Xbox. It's that they enhance those games to make them even better than they used to be. I love that. This is just saying, hey, the Xbox Series X or Series S doesn't have 4K capabilities. So obviously, you're not going to get those. Is that a bummer and kind of weird? Sure. But if you it want that, sense, get the Series X. <laughs> yeah, and I'm 100% with you there. I do not envy the position Microsoft is in having to communicate this because like reading through it, I had to read through this like three times before I was like, okay, no, this totally makes sense for for what this is, right? Like it's exactly what you're saying. If you care about 4K, get the Series X. That like the Xbox, the Xbox Series S natively. Actually, I don't want to misspeak because I was gonna say natively doesn't do 4K, which I think is right. But I, there's so many, there's so much terminology here that I'm sure somebody's gonna be like, well, actually, through upscaling, whatever, it's gonna be 4K. The 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 point of this here is yeah like the Xbox One X versions of backwards pad of back or the Xbox One X versions of games I should say like the optimized versions of games are gonna work the way you want them to on Series X as opposed to Series S which its purpose isn't necessarily 4K in the way that Series X is uh, but yeah like the communication of oh yeah your Series S isn't gonna do this but we'll also have uh, consistent frame rates and fast load times and and texture filtering and all this stuff such a difficult message to get across but again like this this is kind of the generation we're entering where we're as gamers we have choice like we can choose how we want to play where we want to play and like this all sounds great in terms of that in terms of giving us choice and in terms of hey i can have i can buy a console at 300 dollars that may not play my xbox one x games the same way my xbox one x would play them in 4k but you know, that's that's kind of the give and take of these things. So what's interesting to me, you say that like this is hard to explain. And you don't envy Microsoft. To me, I think that this is extremely easy to understand for anybody that's supposed to be reading it and receiving this message. Mm. There's just a bunch of facts here. That's all that it is. Is hey, this does this. This doesn't do this. This does that. And anybody that gives a shit about these things should be able to understand 
the differences between the 1X and the Series X and what that means for your backwards compatible games. If you're someone like me that gives a shit that Sonic Generations is going to play in 4K instead of 1080, you should understand what this shit means. This isn't for the people that, because I keep seeing the argument of, oh man, what about the mom and dad that go into a GameStop and try to, you know, ask what system yeah. they should buy? They don't give a, like, that's not about this. This backwards compatibility being played at 4K, like, that's not that audience. And if it is, you should get a little bit more educated about what you're buying. And Tim, should I get that Series X? Because like, last week I was in the place of, oh man, that Series S like looks great. It's it's small and it's gonna get the job done the way I, Plus, I want. You should I want definitely it to get, get the, the job done. X. Like you, you're gonna have a 4K TV, so you yeah, that's, want to maximize well, it. Come on, that's the thing I I just thought about. You but I'm gonna get a, a PS. I'm gonna get a PS5. But Tim mentioning Sonic Generations is the thing that's swaying me now because I'm not gonna be able to play Sonic Generations you're on my PS5. In the gaming industry, like you, you, you're one of your jobs is to experience and play things. Yeah, but I'm on a play. I, I'm on a PlayStation podcast. You know, like the PS5. If I if I really want to have that the, that true gaming experience, sure. I can play it on the PS5. You know, an yeah, Xbox I mean, Series S will get me by. You're making a lot of sense. Like, what am I gonna need to what what when am I gonna need to play a backwards compatible game on my Xbox Series X specifically in order to talk about something on this show? You know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But on the other hand, Sonic Generations in 4K. But I guess I have an Xbox One X, and so I can just play it there. Dude, that's the thing, man. It's like. Look, Xbox is giving us a lot of options going into the next gen of where you want to play their games. And bless you being someone that obviously is going to be invested in the PlayStation 5 ecosystem like fully. Like there's not going to be too many reasons that you need an Xbox anytime soon. Right? Yeah, that's a good point. Like so especially like, especially having an Xbox One X that I'm thinking about right now. Yeah. Which is fine. <laughs> Cuz with the power of Game Pass, you get your games on the One X right now anyways. Wait until a game that you actually care about is coming out on Xbox. Then you can make the decision then, which I guarantee you will be the X because you're an adult. Tim. Yes. Still speaking of next gen technology, because this whole show is apparently just about next gen now. Uh, story number four, Borderlands 3 is getting a free PS5 and Xbox Series X upgrade with four player split screen. This is from Sean Hollister at The Verge. Borderlands 3 is the latest game to adopt an encouraging trend, giving gamers a next-gen upgrade without making them pay for it. And in this case, it's one that'll be extremely welcome to console gamers who have 4K TV sets. On PS5 and Xbox Series X, the game will now run at 4K resolution at 60 frames per second, both higher and smoother than any console can run Borderlands 3 today. Last year, Digital Foundry found that even the PS4 Pro and Xbox One X only managed to run the, run the game your choice of 3200 time or not times 3200 by 1800 resolution and 30 FPS or uh, 1080. Why, why do they call it 1800 or 1080 by 60 FPS, making you sacrifice either resolution or a smooth frame rate? And performance wasn't necessarily consistent even then. So a true 4K 60 campaign could make quite the difference. Gearbox isn't making the same promise to would-be owners of the cheaper $300 Xbox Series S, of course, since that console, that console that's since that console that's generally targeting 1440p resolutions instead of 4K. I read that verbatim. Uh, but the other news today is a brand new split-screen mode that supports three or four players on the same TV, letting you bring along three friends to play on a single console. That one, that one is coming to the Xbox Series S as well as the X and both PS5 models. And if you're planning to keep on trucking with a current-gen PS4 or Xbox One, you get a consolation prize too. You'll soon be able to split your current two-player split-screen mode vertically instead of horizontally, perhaps to get a better view of the game's desolate skies. Very exciting for Borderlands fans, but also Definitely. exciting for the, for the promise of next-gen and upgrades. Like yeah, I like that I more it. and more this has become the standard. We, I wasn't on the episode last week where you guys talked about the control stuff, but holy crap, what a yeah. ridiculous... Like, every once in a while, something will happen in video games that I explain to Gia, and this was one of those ones where I'm like, y'all need to hear this, because this is crazy that these motherfuckers said they can't do it, and then they and accidentally then they did, it. did it. Oh, man, it's just great. It's just great. Yeah. Uh, but no, this is awesome. I, I feel like this should happen more and more, and... Kevin, what's next generation about? <laughs> Kevin's thinking real hard. Either that or he's in a different room. I can't tell. Convenience. Thank it's you. Convenient. Thank yeah. you. Kevin. There you Thank go. You. That is there the you go. There you go. Really exciting. Uh, story number five 
NVIDIA acquires ARM for $40 billion. Uh, it's from James Bachelor at gamesindustry.biz. Before you even read this, let's stop yeah. for a second. $40 billion. That's like 40 Dr. Dre's right there. That's wild. My God. Like, Star Wars was sold for $4 billion. Dude, I don't even know if I knew what ARM was until until I read this news story. They're <laughs> worth $40 billion. Uh, again, this is James Bachelor at gamesindustry.biz. Graphics card giant NVIDIA has acquired UK semiconductor firm ARM for $40 billion. ARM designs and creates technology such as processors, including the main CPU used in numerous smartphones. It is said to be a crucial supplier for Apple. The UK company was previously owned by by a Japan-based group SoftBank, which exits earlier than expected, having acquired the firm for $32 billion just four years ago. The deal is still subject to regulatory approvals in Britain, the US, and China, but is expected to close by March 2022. NVIDIA CEO Jensen Wong has said the deal marks, quote, the first time in history the industry could see something that is genuinely alternative to Intel's domination, end quote. He has stressed that ARM's licensing model will remain neutral with plans to expand it by by licensing out NVIDIA IP and its flagship graphical processors for the first time uh, using ARM's network of partners. Tim, are you able to translate that? Very, very minimally. I, I am definitely not the guy to do this, but I, I read a whole bunch of articles and I read the recent era thread trying to like educate myself a little bit. And essentially what this means, this is a huge win for NVIDIA. This is one of those things where it is a huge corporation by another huge corporation and a lot of people are upset about monopolies. Uh, but what this actually seems like it's going to translate to is a bunch of partnerships in the future benefiting highly from decisions they made in the past. One of those people being Nintendo. Nintendo dedicating to NVIDIA with the Switch. It's probably not going to be seen in the Switch XL, but by the time we get to the Switch 2, whatever that ends up being, it's going to have all this technology in it, and that's going to be insane because they'll be able to have a graphics card, a graphics and processor together being made by the same people, which it is right now, but with the ARM technology, it's going to actually be able to rival Intel which is currently like one of the yeah, big dogs. Which they're, they've been the industry leader. Yeah. So uh, from reading this, it seems like this is really scary for Intel and it could kind of create a situation where they are yeah. completely inferior uh, because of the capabilities and partnership between what NVIDIA's graphics and uh, focus on AI can do combined with the processing power of ARM. Uh, recently, when Andy and I went to NVIDIA to check out the, the 30 series graphics cards, which was amazing, uh, the big thing they were pushing wasn't ray tracing and all that stuff that we're hearing a lot about from uh, the the console side of next gen. It was really the DLSS stuff, which is artificial intelligence uh, kind of looking at a game and making it a higher resolution, not by upscaling, but by actually creating what it would be using AI. Interesting. So, so it's, it's like creating looking, assets for games as it's... it's- processing the game exactly that's and, crazy and the promise there that's is like, that it witchcraft will, yeah it that, totally is, that sounds witchcraft. that sounds that's like a scary level of artificial yeah, it intelligence just, it's that's figuring like, out the missing stuff great cool that's not terrifying yeah that sounds like it can totally <laughs> like also that sounds like some uh irobot type shit you guys oh, real quick Intel, real quick Kev, before you say this uh because i just want to finish the statement here uh what it does is it's it's looking at the game and it uh it creates and the the assets but that it would actually look better than if it was really 8K. So the created fake 8K that is able to run at a machine that really only needs 4K looks better than what an 8K native would look like. And we saw this in action playing Death Stranding, Control, and Wolfenstein. The future is scary, dude. Sorry, Kev, go for it. I was going to say, it is a bad year for Intel because what what we had this year was uh, also Apple announcing they're working on their own ARM chip. So they're creating their own uh, CPU, like, you know, yeah, CPU, right? That's the right word. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. like, that means that they're, in the next couple of years, leaving Intel's chips, which means, like, Intel is going to lose a huge chunk of the market and now potentially now another huge chunk with nvidia coming at him yeah because uh apple was using the intel xeon chips for a long time right yeah yeah so i mean it's it's 
a lot of interesting stuff, Bless, that's from a different side of the, <laughs> the world than what we're used to talking it's about. It's like fascinating. I love hearing about it because like I understand just enough to where I understand like I know that this is fucking mind blowing and like big like this this is big for the industry. And I know it's big for the industry because all the people that I, I love and respect that covered that side of the industry were freaking out about it. <laughs> so Does this, there you go. is this Shout somehow to gonna Jeff lead Burrow. is this somehow gonna lead to Joy Contrift going away? Is what I want to know. Uh no. No, it Damn won't. It. Never. It'll probably look Never. better. The Joy Cons or the games? No, the drifting <laughs> as you're slowly sliding to the right. Oh the yeah, yeah, no, I feel you. Uh, I I want to tell you guys about a game, a next gen game that just got delayed. But before I do, I also want to tell you about our sponsor. Of course, you can go to patreon.com so it's kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by NZXT BLD. Tim, tell me about that. Exactly. Real quick, I just want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by NZXT, specifically their BLD program. It's a great first gaming PC that's well-rounded for school and work. I've been using mine. Andy's been using his. We're absolutely loving them. It's sleek. It's sexy. It's white. I love it so much. Uh, it's great gaming performance at a competitive price point. Uh, their new $699 NZXT starter PC uh, makes achieving 60-plus frames per second on popular titles like Fortnite, Rainbow Six Siege, and League of Legends of Breeze. Uh, it's easily upgradable on so your PC can grow as your needs change, all backed by a two-year warranty and frames per second guarantee. Uh, you can learn more at letsbuild.com. That's L-E-T-S-B-L-D.com for a limited time. Use code KFG for a free NZXT puck with purchase of a pre-built system like the brand new $699 starter PC. The puck must be added to your cart before purchase for the discount to apply. Again, check out NZXT's new starter PC series, an excellent first gaming PC. Link in the description or go to letsbuild.com and use the code KFG. We're also brought to you by Quip. When's the last time you got rewarded for brushing your teeth? With Quip's new new smart electric toothbrush, good habits can earn you great perks like free product products, gift cards, and more. You've probably heard us talk about Quip a million times, but this is something brand new that rewards you and your mouth. The Quip smart brush for adults and kids connects to the Quip app with Bluetooth. With that, you can track when and how well you brush, get tips and coaching to improve your ha- your habits, earn points for daily brushing, and bonus points for completing challenges like streaks. And redeem for rewards like free products, gift cards, and discounts from Quip and their partners. Already have Quip? Upgrade it with a smart motor and keep the features you know and love, like the sensitive sonic vibrations and two-minute timer with 30-second pulses for a guided clean. Beyond the brush, Quip has everything you need to build a a complete routine, floss that expands to clean, and comes in a refillable dispenser to reduce waste and an eco-friendly solar battery charger to power your Quip with sunshine. Join over 5 million mouths who use Quip and save hundreds compared to other Bluetooth brushes when you get a Quip smart brush for just $45. Start getting rewards for brushing your teeth today and go to getquip.com games right now to get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com games, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash games. Quip. Better oral health made simple and rewarding. We're also brought to to you by Upstart. Uh, During these economically turbulent times, everyone is looking for a way to feel more financially secure. So if you're still needlessly throwing money every month at high interest credit card debt, it's time you checked out Upstart. The revolutionary online lending platform that knows you're more than just a credit score. Now is the time to find out how low your Upstart rate can be uh, to help pay off high interest credit card debt. Unlike other lenders, Upstart can reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter rate. You don't need a degree or diploma to apply, though. Upstart lets you skip going to the bank because it's completely online. They offer loans from $1,000 to $50,000, so you can consolidate your debt into one easy fixed rate payment. Upstart makes it fast and simple to check your rate. Since it's just a soft pull and won't affect your credit score, the hard pull happens if you accept your rate and proceed with your application. The best part, if the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. Free yourself from the burden of high interest credit card debt and get back to using your money your way with Upstart. See why Upstart has a 4.9 out of 5 rating on Trustpilot and hurry up to upstart.com slash KF games to find out how low your Upstart rate can be. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash KF games. Your loan amount will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain 
certain other information provided in your loan application. Not all applicants will, will qualify for the full amount. That's upstart.com slash kfgames. Lastly, we're brought to you by DoorDash. Uh, between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Since I moved here, I've been using DoorDash pretty much daily, and it's really convenient because I open my door and the food is, is sitting right there, and it is a very satisfying feeling. Uh, with over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep the communities that they operate in safe. Uh, right now, our listeners can get up to $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES. That's $5 off your uh $5 off your order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES. Don't forget, that's code GAMES for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Tim. Yes. Story number six. Kino Bridge of Spirits has been delayed to 2021. Uh, this comes from a statement from Ember Labs on Twitter. The Ember Lab team is overwhelmed and humbled by positive, by the positive response and outpouring of support for Kina Bridge of Spirits. Her kind words and excitement for the game have been an inspiration to the team. This year has brought many challenges, and our transition to working from home has caused development to move slower than we hoped. For this reason, we made the difficult decision to delay the release of Kina Bridge of Spirits to Q1 2021. Remember, this was a holiday game coming to PS5, uh, likely a launch window or a launch game. Uh, as we understood it. We have not made the, this decision lightly, but feel it is best for the game and well-being of the team. We'll use this time to give the game more polish uh, it deserves and deliver an experience that meets our vision and your expectations. We look forward to sharing more about Kina in the coming months and delivering an amazing experience early next year. And then following that, uh, Greg Miller came into the Kind of Funny Games Daily doc and just typed out my fucking fantasy team, because of course, Kina Bridget Kina Bridge of Spirits is one of his picks for the PSLW XOXO fantasy draft. So get fucked, Greg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but sad news. I'm very much looking forward to Kina Bridge of Spirits. But of course, like you got to do what you got to do. I don't know that it's sad news for this game. I actually think that this might be a good thing for this type of title. Like, mm. and, and granted, you know, you can find the pros and cons either way. But I do think there would have been the benefit if this was a launch title of you know, people want to play new stuff on the new console. So they're going to yeah. be jumping around and wanting stuff. Like when you look at the switch, it was like, everyone had breath of the wild, obviously, but then it was like, okay, but what else can we do? And they just wanted to play with stuff. So things were selling on the eShop like crazy. So you do get that boon. But I think this generation, when we're talking about PlayStation five and Xbox series X and S are different because of their focus on backwards compatibility in a way that isn't like, oh, just old games are old, but in a way that's like, this is going to be the best way to play Cyberpunk, right? Like, yeah. I feel like this, the launch lineup uh, for these consoles is going to be significantly better than pretty much anything we've ever seen before from the third-party output side because when it's not just... You're either going to get to play the enhanced, made-for, next-gen version or the games that are on PS4 and Xbox currently are going to just play better anyways. Like last gen, when we were jumping over, there was a lot of titles that were like, oh man, I, I'm playing these on my PS3, even though I have my PS4 and I just, I wish I was playing them on my PS4, you know? So yeah. I think that for this, if it get out of the way of cyberpunk and all of that stuff early next year, kind of gives it another, another chance to, to thrive. Exactly right, and I and I, I wanted to make the case that yeah, this game uh, coming out at launch would have would have done so much for it. But them delaying to Q1, Q1 next year is not bad either. I'm looking at a list of games that are confirmed uh, with release dates for Q1 right now, and it's Hitman Three, Prince of Persia, which is only going to be on current gen, uh, a game called Stronghold War Warlords for PC, uh, Little Nightmares Two, which again current gen, Super Mario Three World for Switch, then Far Cry Six and Riders Republic are the other uh, next gen games that are confirmed for that are confirmed with dates for Q1. I'm sure there are other games that have Q1 attached to them without dates, but Kena Bridge of Spirits isn't going to get buried 
you know, during that time frame. In fact, like it might even do better in the in the sense that it'll give us something to look forward to with a date as opposed to launch, where there's gonna be so much there at launch. There's gonna be Spider-Man, there's gonna be a fingers crossed bugs next, which is a, a game that I'll mention on every podcast until it comes out. Um yeah, like like do your thing, Kingdom Bridge Spirits, especially this is gonna make make for a better experience. Totally. Then our last story, story number seven. Uh, Viacom CBS has reached a deal to sell CNET for $500 million. This is from Todd Springer at Variety. Uh, Viacom CBS is offloading CNET Media Group in a $500 million deal with digital marketing company Red Ventures, which announced the deal on Monday. Under the deal, CNET Media Group EVP and GM Mark Larkin, along with the unit's senior execs, will will remain with Red Ventures following the acquisition. The CNET sale is expected to close in the fourth quarter of 2020. CNET Media Group has 980 employees and, quote, our plan is to grow CNET in ways unforeseen, a Red Ventures rep told Variety. She declined to address whether the company anticipates any layoffs following the deal close, saying that, quote, right now we're focusing on how to grow, end quote. CBS acquired CNET Networks in 2008 for $1.8 billion. Uh, in addition to the flagship CNET consumer tech site, the CNET Media Group also houses brands including GameSpot, the Metacritic Reviews aggregation site, TVGuide.com, Chowhound, Roadshow, and uh, B2B tech site ZDNet. And of course, <clears throat> this is big video game news because of uh, you know GameSpot, Metacritic, like I mean even even CNET. You know CNET is is there for technology. Uh, Tim, what does this mean? uh it means i'm worried about our friends over at GameSpot. if i'm being mm-hmm. honest you know there's a there's a definitely a chance that this doesn't mean anything negative but in my experience it it usually means layoffs uh to start uh and at worst just completely shuttering of brands so them talking about we're we're focusing on how we grow and uh trying to grow cnet in, un, in ways unforeseen it's like I don't know, yeah. man. I just I don't I don't know like where the the money's at. I, I obviously have not tied into the financials of of what GameSpot has going on, but um, I think that we are definitely moving towards a a world where some of these things aren't necessarily as valuable. Uh, or valuable is not the right word, but uh, uh, revenue driving. Like, yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I just I Gi- giant bomb is included in this, right? It is. Yeah, yeah. It would be. I mean, everybody under the CNET umbrella. Yeah. So um, down on second street in San Francisco, they have the, the Viacom CBS building that has essentially all of these <laughs> in it. And obviously right now we're not, no one's there, but I, I wonder, mm-hmm. I wonder who's going to make it out of this and, and who's not. I've never heard of Chowhound. Yeah. But... I never heard of that either. I hadn't heard of ZDNet either. Um, but yeah, like I, I, the the murkiness around like the hey, is there gonna be layoffs? Question kind of is is the thing kind of that kind of sent chills down. Um, but yeah, like like we shall see. Like fingers mm-hmm. fingers crossed that things are gonna be good over there. Uh, Tim, I'm really curious to see how all this C nets out. You see what I did there? How this nets out? But how hey, this nets good. Out, uh, down the line, but the results of this are probably so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to mom and grab shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games daily show host each and every weekday. Today, we got Sausage Fest for PC, uh, Pixel Art Mashup for PC, The Seven Keys Escape Room for PC, Knife Fight for PC, Biscuits 2 for PC, and then Space Castle for PC. Uh, new dates, Halo 3 ODST will officially arrive on PC as part of the Master Chief Collection on September 22nd. Awesome Games Done Quick 2021 is taking place online January 3rd through January 10th. Batbarian Testament of the Primordials is coming to Switch and PC on October 15th, 2020. And then Cloud Gaming, uh, and then Cloud Gaming with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate launches tomorrow with more than 150 titles. You can check out Xbox.com for the full list of games. And I'll definitely be checking that out uh, because I got an Android. And so I can do it. Uh, of course, now it is time for reader mail. Reader mail, you can write it at patreon.com. It's kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. Um, just like Charles Jacobson did. Charles Jacobson wrote into uh, patreon.com. It's kind of funny games. It says, greetings, blessing, and Tim. Two of the biggest Super Mario 64 fans at Kind of Funny. I have a question for you. Why not go with Super Mario 64 DS for the Switch collection? 
I have no nostalgia for Mario, so when they announced this collection, I immediately just thought, why not Super Mario 64 DS? It's the better version. Might seem mm. like a harsh statement, but remember, Galaxy has the improvements they give it from porting to the NVIDIA Shield. Again, I'm not a Mario guy, but I can't help but think he deserves a better 3D collection than what he's getting. Sincerely yours, Charles Jacobson. Charles, you're right that uh, it definitely deserves a better 3D collection than what we're getting, uh, specifically in terms of Mario 64. But I don't think that Mario 64 DS would be that answer. Uh, Mario 64 DS is not the definitive better version. In fact, I would say there are very few people that would say that it is better than the original. Uh, There are things about it that I actually really do enjoy, but the multiple playable characters kind of breaks the game a little bit in some places, and a lot of the added stars that they put into it were more filler than anything. They never felt, with with rare exception, they never felt as magical as the original Mario 64, and they felt kind of out of place. Um, And also the game just, had a weird look to it uh because it was enhanced but on the ds yeah. <laughs> so it, it kind of changed the art style in some ways to look better on the ds but i don't necessarily think it looks better overall yeah that's right? not going to translate well to a screen like to a bigger screen i don't think yeah now having said that i do think that a 3d collection of mario games it would be awesome if it had mario 64 ds as an option as well uh to be able to play because that that game is going to be lost to time yeah. um, in a lot of ways and also that would be like a cool play, like lost levels edition you know totally. how they had that for three for uh, regular all-stars yeah and it'd be it'd be cool to have that but uh i remember feeling so, so clever when uh the 3ds came out and actually had an analog stick and i was like and it's backwards compatible i was like i'm gonna play mario 64 ds on the 3ds so i can actually use an analog stick because bless did you ever play mario 64 ds really i've played it on an emulator on my pc a little bit and was okay. like fuck this <laughs> yeah i mean uh i didn't have a ds when it first came out but alfredo bought one and he bought it with mario 64 and he let me borrow it for a weekend and i played through it all and uh it it was harsh like it was a bizarre decision for them to put that game out as a launch title on the ds because yeah. mario 64 is so tied to the analog stick yep. being a revolution and they're like no you're gonna play with the d-pad <laughs> Yeah, and uh, or or the more bizarre thing that I don't know if you remember this, uh, the game actually came with a thumb strap that you'd be able to use the touch screen as a fake ass analog stick, and it was trash. Yeah, so I don't like that. When I had the idea of oh man, playing on the 3ds, I'm it's going to be the game properly. It still didn't fully work because the game's still kind of in digital, not analog. So it worked better. But it wasn't great. So I feel like they'd have to go in and change more than they'd probably be willing to do for Mario 64 DS to make it worth it for this collection. But yeah. yeah. And, and for, for me, as somebody who really loves Mario 64, if they included the DS version as opposed to the N64 version, I personally would have been pissed off because the N64 version is the version I know and love. And I know that's the version that so many other folks know and love. Uh, and like, you know, like like you said, DS is a different enough game. Like it's a remake, but it, it like it does add the characters, it does add extra stars and stuff. And I know like there are like there there's like dual screen stuff in that game, right? In terms of how it functions. Not really. I mean, here's the thing, Bless. It actually would be really interesting for you to play through it, being such mm-hmm. a big Mario 64 fan, because it's not that different. It's just uh, every once in a while there is like the order of getting stars and stuff is different and, and there's oh. unlocking the characters and stuff is fun the dual mm-hmm. screen stuff is uh just a map okay. which is actually kind of fun and helpful um th- the gameplay stuff there was mario mini games that you could access from the menu that played with the two screens but that's just like bonus mario gotcha gotcha but who knows maybe when maybe nintendo one day will do the definitive 3D All-Stars collection and remake Mario 64 and put DS and all that stuff. But one can only dream. Now it's time to squat up. Brian Smith writes in with a squat up on PS4 and says, I need need a hero. I am one trophy away from the Platinum in Borderlands 3. Uh, That pesky shooting gallery is the only thing standing between me and that sweet, sweet plat. I seek thee out, best friends. Aid me in my quest for platinum glory. I'm on the West Coast and available generally after 6 p.m. Uh, thanks. You can add Brian Smith on PS4 with the username B Schmitta. That's spelled B as in boy, S C H I, or no, B as in boy, S C H M I T T A H. B Schmitta. 
spelt how it sounds, kind of. Uh, now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Rewrite and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, Blackjack wrote in and said, uh, Blessing said Horizon Zero Dawn when he meant Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah, I think I caught when I said that, but I didn't correct myself. Yeah, Horizon Forbidden West, of course, is the name of the, the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank Furter is correcting a thing that I don't know what it's from. He says, Greg, you forgot The Witcher 3 on Switch as well. And Greg's not on this episode, which confuses me. Sorry, what was that you going to say, Tim? <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, I, I'm, I'm happy you're doing a little Benya boys. Oh, yeah. Because we do, in yeah, fact, like it. to party. <laughs> Every time I sing that song, it reminds me of Six Flags. Hell yeah, man. That old yeah. dude. Yeah, he, he, was just, he was just getting it. Like, he was getting He's it. Getting in. it, dude. <laughs> uh, and that, that, that pretty much seems to be it for kindoffunny.com. So you're wrong, because everything else looks like editorialization in here. So, Tim, me and you rocked it. Uh, we killed it. It's what we do, man. It's a Monday. It's, you can expect that do. here on twitch.tv slash games every Monday when Bless and I host the show. Big facts. Uh, this week's hosts go like this. Tomorrow, it's me and Emron. Wednesday, it's Greg and Paris Lily. Thursday, it's Greg and Felicia Day. And then Friday, it's me and Greg. And of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com. It's Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. <laughs>